Hey, good morning, Harvest. Well, as you scoot in creating space, let me uh, say welcome to Harvest. I'm so excited to be with you this morning, our first corporate worship service of 2018, and I am uh, thrilled to be with you and uh, to be in the house of the Lord this morning and in His presence as well. So uh, my name is Kenan Vaughn, by the way, one of the pastors and elders here at Harvest, and I've got the privilege this morning of uh, leading and facilitating our service. As Tony said, it will be a little bit different, and it'll even be different than your program, okay? So that was already different, and we found out in the first service we just want to be a little bit sensitive to how the Holy Spirit would lead in this service, so if you're type A, just don't look, Okay. It'd be better to save yourself the anxiety. But um, we will have a worshipful service this morning. We're going to worship God with um, thanksgiving and with singing and with baptism, uh, baptisms and uh, giving and confession. And so it is going to be a great time of worship. I uh, want to talk just a moment about newness to introduce our time. Uh, it's a new year, and uh, our God is all about creating new things. Amen? Uh, one of my favorite uh, things in Scripture is that theme that runs Old and New Testament. So listen to this prophecy from Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 18 and following. So this is what God would prophesy. Uh, through his prophet Isaiah, he says this, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Don't get hung up on those. Behold, God says, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people. All right, God's saying, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to bring water in the desert. And I believe this is a promise that you can lay hold of today, that God wants to bring water in the desert of our souls. He's continually, we see in Scripture, doing this new thing. In 2 Corinthians, here's what catalyzes the new work God wants to do in you. Here's what it looks like. Here's what the gospel tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, so that's the key, by grace through faith in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this, this passing away of the old, the new coming, this, this gospel salvation, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through us. Listen to this, verse 21. For our sake, he made him, that's Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Isn't that awesome? And let me tell you the extent of the newness that God's bringing into our life and wants to bring and will bring. In Revelation 21, let me show you how this whole thing wraps up. After Christ has returned and reigned on this earth, there's gonna be a, an establishment of a new heavens and a new earth. John sees it in a vision, and he records these words in Rev 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Listen, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Wow. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. 
for the former things have passed away. What did he say in Isaiah? I'm doing something new. Don't be hung up on the former things. I'm doing something new. In Christ, there's newness. One day, there will ultimately be the end of every effect and consequence of sin. God will, in the end, did you hear that last thing? Jesus says, and the one who's seated on the throne says, behold, I am making all things new. He will ultimately make all things new. So this morning, we're gonna celebrate that God is doing a new thing, continually doing a new thing in our hearts. I'm gonna tell you what my prayer for this service is. There would be just, just seeds of the gospel and of repentance and confession that would just, just work down into our heart, into our depths of our souls that would spring forth the rest of this year and beyond, spring forth new life that would bring forth fruit that would be our joy and bless others but would glorify God. Amen? God is doing a new thing. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you are a God who... Um, who is not hung up. It's, it's, it's interesting, Lord, we're the ones who get hung up on yesterday and our struggles and our sin. And God, you have given us this gospel invitation, this good news invitation, just to bring our sin, to come and confess. And we're gonna do that this morning. But to be free, to know that your mercies are new every morning, to know that you are a God who's doing a new thing, that the shackles of yesterday can be gone, that we can walk in the newness of life, that Christ came to set us free Pray there's a people we would step into forgiveness and freedom this morning. Lord, I pray that you would be glorified through this service. Lord, this is a celebration of how great is our God. This is a celebration of your goodness, a celebration of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that forgiveness and freedom is found in him and in him alone. So we celebrate these truths. We thank you. Our hearts are full of your mercy this morning. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the first thing we're gonna do, and y'all stay in your seats to watch this video, we're gonna see what the newness of life looks like with this baptism video followed by a baptism. You may be seated. What a great testimony. I'm so thankful that, uh, for what God's done in Sai's life and his willingness to share that with us. Praise God. Hey, I uh, wanna continue our service this morning uh, with, a, uh, with a time of confession. That always elicits great excitement from the people. But let me, uh, let me explain why this is so critical. I, I, would, I would venture to say that confession is, the, is one of the absolute most critical um, elements of our spiritual diet that there is, and probably one of the most neglected. If you're like me, if you're like most humans, it's just confession is not comfortable. It's, uh, it's not uh, something I look forward to. Although, undeniably, there's fruit that comes from confession that really doesn't come from anything else. It's, it's, a, it's vital in our spiritual diet. Uh, let, me, let me tell you what, uh, what confession is. Confession is the admittance. It's, it's more than the acknowledgement of our sin. It's the, uh, it's the telling the truth about it. So I'm going to talk about both telling the truth to God and telling the truth to others. The scripture is very clear on the, the result of both of those things. We're going to see that. But that's what, that's what confession is. We tell the truth about who we are as sinners. Now, if you're here as a believer in Christ, that, that's, uh, that's no mystery. The, 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 to get saved in the first place, to trust Christ, is to realize that in and of yourself, you are broken beyond repair. You are stuck in the wretched chains of your sin and your wretchedness, your brokenness. Um, you are uh, not able to save yourself. This is why Jesus was on a rescue mission. Uh, this is why he saved us. He didn't give an assist. Um, uh, he didn't just kind of die for what we needed help to cover. Like, he saved us. He rescued us. We were dead in our trans trespasses and sins. So by receiving Christ, we've all acknowledged, man, I'm a sinner 
who desperately needs a savior. Like we've said that. Now here's what, here's what the enemy would have us to do is to say that once and to maybe even have a theology that allows us to rest in our eternal salvation, which I believe is legitimate if we have in contriteness and sincerity accepted Christ. There's no other requirement for salvation. Uh, you don't have to steadily confess your sin to maintain your salvation. No, you're once saved, truly saved, you are always saved according to the word of God. He will complete the good work he has begun in you. However, the enemy would therefore have us to not make it a practice to confess. Now we talk here a lot of times about repenting, continuing in repentance. Confession is the front door of repentance. Repentance, that's that about face. Here's how repentance looks. You confess your sin, ask forgiveness, receive con- forgiveness, and go in a new direction. So you don't have true repentance without confession. And, uh, and, and what the enemy would have us to do would be to hide our sin, that's the most natural thing to do, just not talk about it, just kind of kick some dirt over it, to manage our sin, which is equally as dangerous and devastating in its long-term effects. What the Bible would have us to do and give us the gift of inviting us to do is confess it. I'm gonna show you that when you confess your sin, something incredibly life-changing and life-giving will happen. First, let me state what sin does to us, and if you've ever sinned, that'd be all of us, if you're struggling to admit that, then your sin right this minute is self-righteousness, okay? If you've sinned, if you struggle with sin, here's what you know to be true. Sin, um, it destroys our intimacy with God. By God's grace, it doesn't destroy our relationship once saved in Christ, but it destroys our intimacy. Like you just kind of feel separate, separated from God. Uh, you, you feel spiritually stagnant, the words we'll often use. But there's a disconnect there. You're, you're not in right relationship. It destroys intimacy. Secondly, it often, right along with that, harms relationships with one another in the body of Christ and those we're trying to share the good news of the gospel with, but it, it hurts, even destroys relationships. That's a fruit of our sin. And then finally, and if, we all know this, I'm gonna speak right out of my own experience. Here's what sin does. Sin will steal your joy and your peace. If you go, man, you know, that's just kind of, I feel like I've not been experiencing the joy of Christ. I feel like I've not been at peace. Then, then let me just help you to say, there's likely that you've got unconfessed sin burrowed into your heart. At some point, you might have even taught yourself to justify it or ignore it, but likely that's the issue. It's even preventing you from healthy repentance and experiencing the joy and the peace that Christ has for you. What, what sin does, it steals those things. It replaces them with a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, um, loneliness, you know, taken from what Cy was saying, uh, emptiness, uh, grieving, especially if you have the Holy Spirit in you, that Holy Spirit will grieve. So this is what sin infuses into you. Um, you know, I, I think David says it so well. If you know David's story, after a time of uh, egregious sin, uh, adultery, murder, here's what David writes in Psalm 32. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, in whose spirit there is no deceit. In that blessed, the Lord's not counting your sins against you, uh, there, in whom there is no deceit. Blessed is that man, but, but here's David. Listen, for when I kept silent, this is David, knowing his sin full well and being silent about it, my bones wasted away. Have you ever felt that? Just rotting inside. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me, and my strength was dried up as by the heat of the summer, just wilted, rotted. Now, by the way, this, this is God's mercy. He's not turned David over to his sin. He's uh, wreaking havoc in his life to bring him to the point of repentance. Repentance begins with confession. 
And he says, verse five, I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin, Selah. Hey, can I tell you what the Bible says? This is, this is, uh, this is the good news and why confession is so important. Uh, let's put on 1 John 1, 8 and 9. Watch this. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. So are we all in the same boat? We, if you say God no sin, you're deceiving yourself. We are sinners. Uh, that old man, that flesh, that sin nature dies very hard, very slowly. God's faithful to sanctify us. He will complete what he started. But it's a slow process, and it is a process, so we're sinners. If we say we have none, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We'll start there. We've all got it. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful, God is faithful and just, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what David said, what his experience was, is New Testament sound doctrine. You confess your sin, God's faithful to forgive you, cleanse you. That's good. Scripture in James goes further. Watch what it says. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. We do this uh, about once a month on a Wednesday night. And the prayer of the faith will save the one who is sick. Now, saving the one who is sick begins to morph into not just a physical sickness, but a spiritual sickness. There's something courageous about inviting the elders to lay hands on you and pray and anoint you with oil. There's a, a spiritual newness that God's going to create as he helps you to deal with your physical illness. Here's how I know this is the context, because it says this, if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now, that's interesting. Look at 16. Therefore, okay, because of what's just been said, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Watch this, that you may be, what's it say? Healed. Now listen, if you've ever trusted Christ, your sins are forgiven. We're gonna end our time of confession just with Psalm 103 talking about your sins are from the east to the west. But, it, but there needs to be a steady diet of confession vertically and horizontally if you want to be healed, if you want to walk in the newness of life. Confession is an incredible invitation. It's a gift from the Lord. When we confess, the scriptures say there's forgiveness, there's freedom. Many of us, because we're embarrassed to confess, have settled for forgiveness and are not walking in freedom, not walking in newness, not, not healed. And you know what your sin has done? It's gained power in your life. It has power over you. And that's why you, you live with this just cloud of, of guilt and shame. Can I tell you this? Uh, Ephesians, Paul writes to the Ephesians church and he says, don't let the devil get a foothold of sin in your heart. Like, think about that, getting a foothold, like he's kind of got himself and, and the only way to un, unroot his claws, to throw him off, is confessing our sin. God will heal. But if you don't confess, then what you won't experience is the freedom that Christ came that you might have. He came to set you free. What we're gonna do this morning is, I'm mean, just, just gonna give you the invitation that the gospel gives, that you may take a few minutes. In fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask all of our elders that are here right now, because we're gonna need all of you, and all of our staff, staff and elders, if you guys would make your way to the back, the elders, we have lanyards for you at the Connection Central, just grab those, get in every gap across the back wall. Here's where we're gonna, we're gonna take a few minutes. Uh, we're not gonna rush this time, 
It's too important. The people of God coming together to worship. Here's what God wants for you this morning. Something new. Fresh mercy. Feel the, the weight of sin lifted. Forgiveness just washing, cleansing your heart. And he wants you to step into freedom. And if you're like me, there's sin that needs to be confessed. This morning, the first thing I did when I walked off the stage was went to one of the elders and confessed sin. It's a gift that God's given us. He wants us to know forgiveness and freedom. That's gonna be the invitation. Here's how it's gonna work. Uh, the band's just gonna play some music. Take some time in your sin, the first in your seat. The first thing to do is introspection. Just get in there deep in your own heart and dig out what's dark. And let, the goal here is to expose it to the light. So dig and just go to the Lord first. Go vertically. God, there's sin in my life. And let me identify it and confess it. Let me tell the truth about it. He, by the way, are you gonna surprise God in the next few minutes? No one's gonna surprise him. You know what's so beautiful? He doesn't grow weary of this. He's, he's the, the ultimate father. When the prodigal comes home, he runs to meet you in this. So bring your sin vertically. Bring it to him. Feel the warmth of his embrace. Feel the, the, tr the true unconditional love. We can find it nowhere else like we find it from God. And celebrate that. And then here's the further invitation. I want to invite you to get out of your seat and to walk to the back and to find an elder. I'd actually also like to invite the elders' wives, staff wives that are available to please, uh, if you're comfortable to please be available too. Uh, some of you may prefer to share uh, what you have with a, a lady. But to go and confess your sin. And here's the promise in Scripture that when you do that, God's going to bring healing. So it, it's, it's loosing the claw of the enemy that has that foothold in your heart. It's saying, no, it, you know what confession does? It breaks through into freedom. It drags darkness into light. And guess what darkness does in the light? It is no more. It has no power in the light. So I want to invite you to take your sin, confess it. The invitation of the gospel is forgiveness and it's freedom. My prayer this morning is we would church that would just become unshackled by our sin. I guess we're going to continue it in a time of confession this morning in worship. While we are still on our feet, let's turn our attention to the screen. We've got a corporate prayer of confession in the Book of Common worship that we're going to say together. So let's offer these words up together as a corporate community that is um, in need of confessing regularly. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is nothing good in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore those who are penitent according to your promises declared unto men in Christ Jesus our Lord. Grant that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, sober life to the glory of his name. Amen. I'm going to continue with a pastoral prayer of pardon over you that reads this way. Almighty God, who does freely pardon all who repent and turn to him. Now fulfill in every contrite heart the promise of redeeming grace. I want to say that again. Fulfill in every contrite heart the promise of redeeming grace, forgiving all our sins and cleansing us from an evil conscience through the perfect sacrifice of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. 
We have one more corporate prayer of pardon. We're going to be reminded of God's grace together. Let's say these, this prayer um, together as well. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, too deep to undo. Forgive what our lips tremble to name, what our hearts can no longer bear, and what has become for us a consuming fire of judgment. Set us free from a past that we cannot change. Open to us a future in which we can be changed and grant us grace to grow more and more in your likeness and image through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. Let me read one more scripture over you, Psalm 103. Let this be a scriptural assurance of the pardon we have in Christ. Psalm 103, verse 8, and then 10 through 12 says this. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Amen? Amen. You may be seated and turn your attention to the screen. We're going to celebrate new life in Christ with two more baptisms. <laughs> 